Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. I'm very excited about today's guest. It is Holly McGlynn. She is a friend of mine and an amazing photographer. She actually shot the book cover for my first book, Control-Alt-Delete, which came out in 2016. And she also shot the artwork um, photography for this podcast logo. So the photo on my logo was taken by Holly. And um, yeah, she's just a great person to talk to about being self-employed and carving your own niche and making your mark in your own career. Holly is a Dubliner in London and she is a fashion photographer. Some of her clients are Chanel, uh, Mulberry, Louis Vuitton, Matthew Williamson. I mean, she's worked with some incredible brands and she's won awards as well. So we had a great chat. We covered a lot in this episode, even though it's a uh, only you know just under half an hour we talk a lot about the actual behind the scenes work when it comes to being a photographer why it's such a competitive industry what it's like working in a male-dominated environment most of the time and um yeah about how it's quite an intimate job holly's so good at making me feel at ease i feel like that's a sign of a good photographer as well when you feel uh comfortable in their presence especially if you don't like having your photo taken which i don't There's a lot of honesty in this episode about also the fact that Holly has just had a baby and what it's like going back into a very physical job such as photography. We have a really frank talk about how to make that work and how Holly makes it work, being self-employed and um, balancing the two. And we also talk actually about um, inclusion riders on set as well, which I love that bit in this episode. So If you liked this episode, please share it or rate it and review it on iTunes. And thanks again for listening. And here it is. So excited to be with my friend, Holly McGlynn. Hi, so excited to be here. I've wanted to do an episode on photography and also the photography industry and the rise of how photography is such a big part of all our lives now and how visual we all have to be and you are the perfect person to talk to about oh, all of this. that's very kind. Thank you. So just a little bit of an intro. So we met, well we were just saying actually, someone had just asked us how we met and um, we met at a party. Yes we did. At a BAFTA party which sounds a bit snazzy. It, it was snazzy though. It was. it was. such a snazzy affair, yeah. And I kind of love that's how we met actually. And, yeah. I, think, and I think you said something like how oh, I read your yes, blog. Yes I or, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember you were like what? <laughs> you couldn't believe it. And your blog was really popular at the time. I'm sure like, you know, tens of thousands, if not more people read your blog, blog but you just yeah. seemed so surprised. I think it's always the way, I'm sure you get it when people are like, oh, I know your work. Yeah. It's just the fact that you don't really know who's listening or who's watching until That's they true. say to you, I'm yeah. a reader or whatever. Yeah. But um, before we go into what you do now, and I should say, uh, you know, it was amazing that you worked on my book with me and took the cover for the took the photo for the cover and also obviously for the podcast. Yeah, I love that you did that, and that was such a fun day. It was so fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but you are a fashion photographer, worked with some incredibly big, amazing brands on some huge campaigns. How did you get into all of this? Like, what if you always wanted to be a photographer? I don't think I've even ever asked you this. <laughs> like, how did it start? Yeah, well, I um, came to photography after my degree. So I did an undergrad in um, history of art and French in Dublin. And I actually um, did an MA in PR as well, because after my degree, I thought representation for um 
I really wanted to work in representation for the arts in Ireland. Um, and then like about two weeks into this MA in PR, I was like, oh God, this is not for me. This is not what I want to do. But I kind of didn't know what else I wanted to do. And so my parents were like, maybe you should just stick with it and instead of just floating around. Mm -hmm. So I did, but actually I met my husband on that course. So at oh least God, I got a husband God. out of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, at least one good thing. Yeah. And I made some amazing friends for life as well um, and had a great year. Uh, but then I moved to Berlin after that and I got really into photography when I was in Berlin and so after about a year there I moved back to Dublin and uh, did loads of like short courses in photography and my flatmate at the time was a film producer and they needed a stills photographer mm. for a film she was producing at the time so she just gave that job to me and then I kind of built up my portfolio and then because I didn't really know how to get into photography except through education. I um, applied for an MA in photography at Goldsmiths mm. and got onto that. Um, I, and you definitely don't need an MA in photography at all. It was just the route that I took into it. It's such a practical career that, you know, just the experience is what counts. Mm. But that was just my route into it. That's an interesting thing because, um, you know, in this day and age oh my god it's not really old um where everyone everyone sort of can think of themselves as whatever job title they want of course yeah. i met someone recently who's a stylist and she was like it's really hard sometimes when people introduce themselves as stylists and they've been doing it for a week yeah and actually like i've been doing it for a long time and i feel like i've got the right to call myself that and i just wondered do you have an opinion on that like is someone a photographer because they've got a good phone camera like Where's the line? Uh, I think it's all to do with your um, aspirations and your goals. And there definitely were times where I was not a photographer, but I would call myself a photographer because I really believe you've got to mm. fake it until you make it. Um, and you've got to kind of pretend to do what you do until someone finally pays you to do it. Um, I always so say to people, you know, people call themselves like aspiring writer. Yeah, and get I'm just that like, aspiring out of there. Yeah, totally. absolutely. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. And I think if someone, you know, wants to call themselves a photographer and they just, you know, cycle around town with their iPhone, then let them do that. But the people who kind of stay the course um, are the ones who end up working in the field long term. And when you're on, you know, big um, shoots and projects that like have a big budget and there's like a big kind of network of people making that happen, um, what's your role in that and how much do you have to do behind the scenes? Like, I'm guessing that a lot of people don't see all the preparation you do and all the backstage stuff. They just see you like you know in your zone with your camera but what's that like yeah so I sometimes do a bit of um guest lecturing in fashion photography and kind of talks on my career and stuff and the main point I try and hammer home is that I spend about 10% of my time actually taking photos um, and I wish I had known that when I um, graduated um, and was trying to make it as a photographer mm -hmm. because there's just so much behind the scenes work that goes into it um, I spend a huge amount of time like just marketing myself phoning up magazines and ad agencies to try and get um, appointments with art buyers and with editors to show my book mm. um, tailoring uh, my book according to who I'm meeting if I'm going to meet a really commercial client there's no point showing them um, work I've done for a really edgy magazine so that takes a lot of time kind of tailoring my book accordingly mm. 
Um, networking takes up so much time, putting together mood boards um, after all of the shows in February and September, I put together mood boards based on all the trends that have come out of all the cities, pitching out the mood boards, negotiating contracts is endless, oh God, negotiating yeah. usage rights is a really um, difficult field for photographers as well. So yeah. There's a huge amount of work yeah. that goes into organising a photo shoot. Do you feel supported with like kind of a group of people? Like, do you have like a network where you can ask each other for advice around usage and stuff like that? Because I, I feel like in my industry, like I'm starting to really find a small group of people that I can really trust and really ask mm. for like fees and like feedback. Do you have that? So my mentor asked me a couple of years ago if I had any photographer friends and I said no and she said that's because photography is such a competitive industry and we don't also don't meet one another because there's only ever one photographer on set so it's quite hard to meet other yeah. photographers so I don't feel like I have a huge support network in that regard. What I do have is a syndication agent who um, are so helpful in terms of advice on usage so that's great. And there is um, a photographer who I've met in the past couple of years uh, who I can kind of sound out on certain things, but he'd still be fairly cagey about fees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I have my creative teams who I work with, like stylists and makeup artists, and I feel like they're quite open about things, but um, we're not doing the same job, so it's not yeah. always relevant yeah. as well. Yeah, and you've always been someone that um, I look to, and you, you seem like you really love working for yourself. Like I, I know do. you don't kind of you don't gloss over it or anything. You know, it's not all perfect, but you have definitely kind of waved the flag for being independent in that way. Thanks, and I love it. <laughs> well, I remember telling you like years ago. Yeah. I was like, I want to do that, and I'm doing it now. Yeah, and I said, do it. Yeah, and thank God it worked out for you. <laughs> yeah, do you? Do you? I know. Imagine I'd be after you, Molly. Do you? <laughs> <for blood. laughs> do you think it takes a certain type of person to make it work on your own? Probably. Do, do you think that you've always been that way? Uh, I do. I, I never worked well. Um, in a more structured office environment because I had loads of part-time jobs um, before I went fully freelance um, as a photographer and I just never really settled in um, those kinds of roles so yeah I much prefer to set my own agenda set my own schedule but yeah I think I think it probably does take a certain type of person I don't know but Mm -hmm. um, my husband uh, always says to me he could uh, never do what I do so um, yeah maybe he'd really flourish who knows yeah yeah and when it comes to like competitors I mean I was I was thinking about this the other day and and actually I've I've only ever worked with one female photographer and that's you but just okay. totally by coincidence I'm yeah and I'm, I'm not assuming that it is as male dominated as a lot of other industries or is it it is really is male it? dominated yeah fashion photography especially and um, I think that I think that the majority of people who study fashion photography at university level are female, but then the people actually working in the industry as fashion photographers is overwhelmingly male. And certainly there are, you know, lots of working female fashion photographers, but um, men are in the majority in those roles. Do you think it's because it's like associated with having to be quite ballsy and quite alpha? Like, do you have to like really go in there like is, is that why like why are young women dropping out like that's so that's quite sad if that's the case it especially is. if it's like a confidence thing or if they're not being listened to 
because those are masculine traits like that go back decades and decades and decades of the loudest person wins mm. even if they have the least amount of experience yeah i don't i don't know um what the reason for it is i guess you can't be what you can't see so if you do just see a field that's overwhelmingly dominated by men maybe yeah lots of women drop out for that reason i don't i don't really know mm, yeah um but i don't think you have to be really ballsy uh, no. at all <laughs> no no you know you can have your own approach and um, because you're not like that no you've got to be confident yeah. and you've got to lead from yeah. the front but maybe i've just met a lot of male photographers who come across quite like overwhelmingly <laughs> Confident. I remember you telling me about one you worked with before who just kept shouting. Shouting at me. You, yeah. And I think I've associated that with like yeah. pushy photographer. Yeah. <laughs> but that's obviously why I love working with you. And also it's one of those things where, you know, you have to feel comfortable with a photographer. It's quite, yes. it's quite, it's quite oh an intimate my God. thing. Yes, it's such an intimate job. Especially you... if you're scared of the camera like me. Yes. Like, you know, you you can say to me, Emma, you're doing that weird thing with your hand. Or, like, <laughs> Don't do that with your mouth. <laughs> I'm like, I want that. I don't want someone shouting at me. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to make your subject at ease. I mean, again, I don't work with other photographers, so I don't see that sort of working style in play, but I've just heard about it. Yeah, yeah. This is turning yeah. into just like, Holly's the best photographer ever. Um, <laughs> no, I should be more impartial, sorry. Um, but no, I wanted to also ask you about the fact that... Um, you obviously have just had a baby. How has that been? Because the reason I ask mainly is because A, um, from a self-employment point mm-hmm. of view, and I'm asking because I always ask nosy questions on the podcast that yeah. I would like to know the answers yeah. to. And also, um, it's a very physical role. Like you're, you know, you're very sort of mobile with when you take photos and you get the right angle and, you know, you're, you just are very physical yeah um so how has that been and how quickly did you go back to work and how long did you work up to Mm. before you had him I mean I was working three days before I went into labor and uh so yeah you're right I am very physical and was lying like down on the floor and things and so I wasn't quite able to at nine months pregnant but I was like flying around on my wheelie stool oh my god um and I went back to work so quickly I had a lot of anxiety throughout pregnancy um, about being self-employed and how I was going to manage um, a career and having a baby. So I think I really had something to prove to myself that, you know, having a baby was never going to stop me. And so I worked right up until I was due and then I had a meeting 10 days after giving birth. I mean, when I look back at the time, I was like, I can do this, I can do this, why couldn't I do this? Um, but so at the time I was like really gunning for it but when I look back I just think that was madness in hindsight do you sort of think maybe I should not have done that or do you not you don't regret it well I I don't have any regrets but I oh my god that meeting I went to I was in agony And I was like, okay, first of all, why didn't I just get an Uber to and from the meeting? I, like, walked to the tube station and got the tube and trotted around Bond Street. (laughs) Like, why did I do that? I mean, I don't think I was quite in my right mind. So, yeah, I wish I'd been a bit kinder to myself physically because I did have a hard labour and it was a long recovery. So, yeah, I put a lot of pressure on my body, probably too soon. But... 
you know, it hasn't had any long-term effects. So, also, it's yeah. quite comforting to know that, you know, you you can and you, you you can if you want and you also don't have to. Like, yeah. whatever you feel like on that day you want to do. Yeah. And because, um, you know, you do, you, you do hear, hot, you know, scaremongering as well. So it's like to see you kind of out and about that I I really liked watching that and being oh. like she's you know well done you thank you and it was worth going to that meeting it was with a huge client and I did end up doing a shoot with them a few weeks later so it was definitely worth it <laughs> wasn't just like a pointless coffee <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> That's good. it wasn't at all but I do remember like the day after coming home from hospital, uh, I'd missed an email from someone I was meant to have a meeting with. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Uh, I missed our meeting. I had a baby yesterday. <laughs> like, when I think back on that, what is that weird attitude about? Yeah. 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 But, but this is not the first time I've heard that sort of um, almost like ramping up the career as, as, yeah. like, when you're pregnant because it's almost like this won't slow me down well that's the Sheryl Sandberg yeah. approach isn't it you yeah. know keep your foot to the floor until you're ready to pop and then you're in a much stronger position to come back after yeah. you take a little break if you decide yeah. to take one or if and you how old is Etienne now he's eight months now. eight months wow yeah. and so with that so you're are you fitting back in the swing of things or, or is it still kind of you're having time off or? I'm n- uh, I never viewed myself as having time off. Also, I feel really bad that I just said time off because it's not time off. No, oh God, don't worry about I remember about a girl that. in the office who I used to work with, she would have Wednesdays off to um, hmm. be with her son. And people would be like, enjoy your holiday, enjoy your d- time off. And she would just be like, oh my God, I'm going to go and do something so difficult. Yeah, Harder than this office and we're just having biscuits. <laughs> So sorry, I take that back. No, not at all. I mean, That's time I knew what you meant. Off I work, knew, you know. I knew what you meant. So I would say, so what we've had, we've been trying to figure out our childcare situation because um, both Sean and I are Irish, and both our families live in Ireland. Um, and so we have had um, a childminder um, at kind of a, for a few months at the start, but then she went home to New Zealand for a couple of months. So we've kind of been without childcare for the past couple of months, and we've been flying like my mum and my mother-in-law in for like to cover mm-hmm. childcare when I've had shoots and stuff, which obviously isn't an ideal long-term solution. So. The past couple of months, uh, even though I've been working and doing shoots, I haven't been able to be as proactive as I normally am. So I, like I said earlier, I'm always um, trying to get meetings with magazines and ad agencies and, and pitching shoots and everything. So that I haven't really had time for because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if my mum or mother-in-law hasn't been over, then I, I've had to look after my lovely son. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to um, sh- uh, our childminder is back. Uh, next week or the week after mm. I think so yeah. Uh, yeah I'm looking forward to having time to be proactive again yeah yeah no yeah. it's it's so it's just so good to hear like how people balance things because it is it is a balancing act it isn't is it? a balancing act yeah. um and again I had so much anxiety about that while I was pregnant but where there's a will there's a way and you will figure out a solution yeah that works for you yeah if that's what you decide to do mm. yeah and how do you decide what projects you take on we were talking um, just now actually about that line of uh, in Francis McDormand's speech about inclusion riders. Yeah. I didn't actually know what that was. I no, not did I. I think Google everyone it. had to Google it afterwards. Yeah. But yeah. it's such a succinct way of summing up a 
diverse and equal yeah. set, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the inclusion rider is to insist upon um, cast and crew members of uh, different racial ethnicities um, with disabilities um, and different body types, just to have a true representation of society um, mm. in front of and behind the camera. And I was um, reading Stylist magazine uh, this week, and in the editor's le- letter, uh, Lisa was saying, we can all have an inclusion rider, and we can all insist on inclusion rider, and that really resonated with me. Mm. And I thought, you know, I do sometimes have the influence to choose the models that I work with, and I certainly have the influence to choose the creative teams that I work with. And just, mm. I've made a commitment to myself now that where I can um, choose the model, I am going to only work with um, racial uh, models of racial ethnicities and body types that are underrepresented in the mm. fashion and beauty industries, mm. and uh, the same with my creative teams as well that's so good I, I I totally agree with you like photography and the visuals that we see in the media like they hold a lot of power absolutely and so yeah that's a good thing to definitely have in your sort of um, manifesto in your manifesto yeah, yeah I was gonna say manifesto <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't always get to um, choose the model by any stretch of the imagination, but when I do, um, that's what I've decided I'm going to use my influence for. Do you go with gut instinct when someone gets in touch with you about a project, or are you kind of... um... It's a bit of a mix, really, isn't it? I'd be interested to know what uh, you do as a self-employed person as well. There's definitely a mix of, like, money jobs. Yeah, exactly. Which I would never turn my nose up at. And I would never, like, turn my nose up at someone doing something for... A, a money job like yeah absolutely. if what doing one job that you like but you're not like over the moon doing it type of thing it's not like a passion project mm. but it can like pay your mortgage for two months yeah like absolutely you know who are you to but then also of course you want to keep like your um your like inner creative fulfilled yeah yeah, yeah. so i think in photography in fashion photography certainly the money jobs are the brand work, the brand campaigns, and the creative work are the magazine shoots. So you have a lot more creative freedom when you're working with a magazine, but they don't have the kind of budgets that the big brands would have. But with big brands, the um, the work can often be uh, a lot more safe and you can't kind of take as many creative risks with it Mm. so it's always balancing those two things because actually you can't really do one without the other yeah yeah that sounds good and um what are you excited about for the rest of this year what what's like on your well not like goals or anything but just what's what's sort of open to you this year do you think well i've been um first optioned for two very exciting cover shoots but i absolutely cannot say what they're about and um, mm. because I don't know if this is the same for you but so often um, shoots come my way and then within 36 hours they've just completely disappeared they've either gone with another photographer or the shoot has been pulled or they've postponed it till mm. later in the year is that a big part of your your career and role as a photographer like things are always quite fluid yeah things yeah. are quite fluid and yeah. It can be really get, frustrating yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I can imagine. And also last minute sometimes, is it? Not Or is it just the opposite? It can cancel last minute. It can cancel quite last minute. Right. Um, but no, a shoot takes quite a long time to organise, so it's not... I'm sure with writing, sometimes you might get a request for something mm. for tomorrow, but no, not so much with mm. shoots. But yeah, if these two shoots go ahead, they're going to be quite career-defining moments. Ooh. So yeah, we'll oh see. Oh my goodness. We'll see. That's so, so exciting. Yeah. Where can people find you and find out more about you 
hollymcglynn.com is my website where all of my work is or then hollymcglynnphotographer is my Instagram. Also your newsletters really great. Oh thank you. I'm glad you like it. I love it. a newsletter. <laughs> you do. You're I feel not like doing it yours just... as often anymore. I are know. You? I've kind of gone off doing it. But Why? um no I do it when I've got something like big to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I love your newsletter. Yeah, no. But no, I just love newsletters because I feel like everything is then coming to you in like a digestible way. Yeah, but yeah absolutely. I would recommend subscribing to that. <laughs> Thank um, you. Looking at the microphone. Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> you listening. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for coming on as well, a guest. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. <laughs>